Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch, your host, and I got to check my num- my notes here. I think this is episode 160, um, and we're in the middle of uh, Women's History Month, which uh, really coincides with a, a great opportunity to do more with women in surveying. And uh, we had a we had a great one last week um, with with Amanda Allred, our current president. And you know what? I'm going to gander that I've got just as good a guest this week because she is a dynamo. Um, I got to meet her in Montana recently, and uh, I'm you know what? I'll be honest with you, Jamie. I've been looking forward to this conversation all week. So uh, uh, I'm speaking with Jamie Reed. She is a, a professional land surveyor with Sand Surveying in Kalispell, Montana. So Jamie, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the business, where you're at, and uh, you know, who is Jamie Reed? All right. Well, thank you, Tim. I am Jamie Reed. I Grew up in Columbia Falls, Montana, born and raised here in this small little town in the Northwest, not too far from Glacier National Park, not too far from Flathead Lake, uh, just a beautiful area. So I've chosen not to leave the area. Um, My husband and I, we have three kids, ages six, nine, and 17. So they keep us pretty busy on top of all of the surveying work that I do. I work for Sand Surveying here in Kalispell, and I have been surveying with them for the last 23 years. As soon as I got out of college at Flathead Valley Community College, I immediately got a job with them and I've been with them ever since. I've now been a partner in the company for 12 years and I've been licensed for the last 15. Very good. Very good. Well, and I guess I guess a couple of questions in, you know, in getting to know more and more surveyors from around the country. Um, I mean, yes, like you said, you're outside of Glacier. It's beautiful. Uh, what's it like working there? I mean, is it, do you be, are you able to take in that beauty literally every time you go to the field? Absolutely. I love the field work that we do here. It's not always easy. You know, we're right in the Rocky Mountains. We have um, forests everywhere. And so GPS can be a challenge. Uh, so we still do a lot of total station work. Uh, we still run two-man crews. We do have, you know, robotic equipment, and and we do run a lot of RTK. But at the same time, we know the difficulties that that those challenges face in the trees, and so we just are cognizant of that and and work around that. But it's it's just absolutely gorgeous every time I go out. I don't care where we are. Um, there's always something great to look at. That's awesome. Hey, and for our New York listeners out there who who. Uh threw a comment at me a little while ago about being uh, west of the, you know, out west of the Mississippi in public land states and flat as a pancake and easy surveying. Um, I think Jamie has a, a different take on that. So if you cross 
the continental divide into eastern Montana, you have a little bit easier time. You might get into those flatter plains. I mean, we still have the rolling hills and the coolies and, and everything in eastern Montana and some mountains, but uh, the western part of the state here, we we're we have a lot of terrain. <laughs> Pretty rugged. Very. Yeah. And like you said, it, I, I can't imagine, you know, it, I won't, it, it's, it is so beautiful out there. I can't imagine, like you said, going out every day and it, it just makes your job that much more enjoyable to, to go out and be, uh, be in that kind of an environment. Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, I've surveyed halfway up the Rocky mountain front being dropped off by a helicopter. I've wow. been on Flathead Lake doing cross sections. I've been doing cross sections on 45 miles of the Stillwater River in um, Eastern Montana. I mean, the Yellowstone River through Stillwater County, excuse sure. me. Um, mapping that in November, which in Montana is, is not the best weather for being on a river in the cold and the snow, but we made it work. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, the current NSPS director, uh, Mr. Matt Morris, has shared several stories about the challenges of wintertime in uh, especially the, 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 the northern part, north and western parts of, uh, of Montana. And uh, yeah, bitter cold and a little bit of snow. And like you said, then the terrain. So um, it's yes, it's by no means an easy, easy job at times. But uh, but, but still all all, all together, it's, it is a it is a gorgeous area. So. I am a little jealous of that and having to, having to have, to have experienced that, which is, was awesome. Um, I do want to step back way early in, in, I guess, more of your life than that even, even predates the career. Let's, can we talk about Trigstar for a second and your experiences with Trigstar? Because I've heard several stories, um, several corroborating stories with, with you and Trigstar and your experience and positive uh, experience. And tell us a little bit about how you, how you came across and experienced Trigstar. So I'm one of the few, but Trigstar is actually what got me into surveying. Uh, expand, in junior high, the, our valley has a program called Expanding Your Horizons. And that was a program for junior high girls to get into STEM, get introduced to STEM programs and, and professions. And so I went to that and there were two women surveyors who were there and they gave us a demonstration on surveying equipment and we took, took us out in the field. And the one thing that still sticks in my mind from that experience is they taught me with instruments how to measure the height of a tree. I know that doesn't wow. sound super exciting. Oh, it is. And then I jumped into high school and we had other surveyors come into our classrooms and give a demonstration on surveying. They showed the equipment, they showed what they do, they talked about what they did, and then they gave us the Trigstar test. And I was a straight A student in high school. I loved math, I loved science, and I can tell you I failed miserably that Trigstar test. <laughs> but it got those surveyors in the classroom to be able to talk about surveying and what it what it's all about and it it stuck with me so even though i went to college and i went down to dillon and western um, montana college for a year i was thinking i was going to be a math teacher with a minor in music uh, that didn't work out i came back up to flathead valley community college here in kalispell got in um, 
introduced to the surveying instructor there and just absolutely fell in love with it. And so with that now, I do a lot of Trigstar work. I still do Expanding Your Horizons. I'm a Merit Badge Counselor for the Surveying Merit Badge with Scouts BSA. I just think it's so important to get those kids introduced to surveying because that's how I was introduced to surveying. Well, that's, and like I said, I'd, I'd heard this story by, from a couple of different people that, you know, and it, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, that uh, you're hitting on what the, really the story needs to be told out there about the, really the intention of, of Trigstar. And it's about exposing a whole bunch of kids to a, a wonderful profession. And um, I do have to, I do have to, I'm going to uh, come back on a little story from, from the board meeting in which I was talking there at Montana. And uh, I must apologize to you on the record here, because I said, you know, when I give a presentation, I'm not after the B, I'm after the B plus to C minus students. And uh, yes, you were a straight A student and I didn't mean to uh, dis any disrespect <laughs> to you at all. No, not at all. And, uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the profession's all the better because you, you found this through Trigstar and, uh, we're, we're forever grateful to the Trigstar program to have exposed it and, and brought you in. So, um, like I said, little, no disrespect meant there, <laughs> but I felt bad that I said it. But you're uh, absolutely correct, Tim, because now that, you know, I've done Trigstar since I got, um, into serving. So it's been 23 years that I've been giving the Trigstar test to schools in the Flathead Valley. And the one thing that I've found is in the last two years, especially uh, my graduating high school, where I graduated from, they have me come in once a year and I spend the entire day with one teacher's um, classes. And it ranges from just the very simple math, just to get them the credit to get out of high school, all the way up to your pre-calculus uh, classes and kids. And it's amazing that you, you don't have to be great at math necessarily, but to have that interest in math, I've exactly. received so many questions and excitement from the kids who are in, you know, lower level math classes who still have an appreciation for math, but they love the outdoors. They love the idea of, of surveying. And so you don't have to be a straight A student to get into this. That's, that's correct. And you're right. And that's, uh, that's what I always try to instill in, in our presentations and, and having our directors talk about Trigstar is that, um, yes, if, if you're a math whiz, yeah, you're probably have, no, you, you, if you're a math whiz, you probably don't like to go outside or be involved in anything like that. It's more high, you know, higher mathematics things and even, you know, physics and science, physics and science. Um, so, but you're exactly right. <clears throat> if you have a great passion for math and, and, and some ability, yeah, this is, this is perfect for you. So I, I love your approach at that. And, uh, and I also applaud you for spending the time. And I think that's part of the, part of the, the, the struggles we have within the profession is people are trying to find that time. And so when I hear stories of of people like yourself that do spend that time, I just, I applaud and, and, and just, I'm so thankful that, that we do have people out there that can make the time because uh, like I said, it's unfortunately, <clears throat> you're in private industry, you see how busy things are and making that time uh, is, makes it special for the students. Yeah, and it's not easy to find that time, but I, you know, there is a need to get 
people into the profession. And so we, we try and we do what we can where we can. Well, that rolls me into it, into my next question, <clears throat> because it, by going in and, and providing this, this background and this input for these students, um, it's, it is a, a loose, loose form of mentorship. Um, can we talk about any significant mentors in your life, in your early in your career? I mean, who inspired you to, to want to do all of these things and be this, this, uh, this fantastic surveyor that, that is trying to cover all these bases? I feel so incredibly just lucky and blessed to have had the mentors that I have in this profession. And I have six of them. And each one of them has given me such a unique, special um, outlook on surveying and teaching and instruction. And, you know, it started with Linda Smith. She was the one who did the Expanding Your Horizons. Um, I, I knew her from the community, not well, but, and she did some demonstrations in my high school. And then I got to know her through MARLS, our Montana Association of Registered Land Surveyors. And she really influenced me. She's a strong surveyor. She's a strong woman. Uh, she brings a lot to the profession. Uh, she's been our MARLS. She was our MARLS president for, you know, a year. And she's just wonderful. And then, you know, Dave Dorsett, my surveying instructor, he was just instrumental in instilling in me all of the knowledge that, you know, I needed for surveying. And then, you know, my three the four partners in my office. Um, they were all incredible to work with. Tom Sands, Dan Breen, uh, Bill Rykoff, and, and Milt Fretheim. They all poured into me, and I learned so much from them. They would bring me into their office when they were discussing a job, and um, we would just talk about the solutions. What, what should we do in this situation? What laws need to be applied in this? And having that conversation and being part of that really helped me become the surveyor that I am. That's, that's fantastic. And that's really what, to me, that's what it's, what it is all about, um, which kind of leads into the next, next agenda item that I, that, you know, I really want to want to uh, address this being women's history month and women in surveying with your experiences, especially coming into a, uh, a survey office in the great plains. Like I said, I mean, I'm so glad to hear about Linda Smith and how much she she influenced you in, in your career. But it's let's be honest. I mean, you go in 95% of, of all surveying firms, if not higher number, I mean it's male dominated. And to come in there and to A be accepted and but B, the question I have is how women complement the profession because I the the few I've I've been able to work with and the and they're and they're they've been fantastic PLSs. They do offer such a, a different perspective that from, you know, I can't see through their lenses and it, it it's, it's nice to have that, uh, that different mindset when, when you're dealing with, especially, and I, and I think it would be even better going into business as a partner with them eventually as well. So tell us a little bit about the interactions you've had and the positivity that, that obviously your, your partners have uh, really, really bestowed upon you. Well, we definitely think differently. Um, and I, I noticed <laughs> yes. that a lot in the field. It, it seems, you know, when Bill would be at the instrument and I, and I would be on the rod and he would be teaching me and instructing me on where to go and what to do. 
I, I could tell the radio would go silent sometimes because he would tell me to go right and he saw me go left and not necessarily directionally, but just right. didn't click with, you know, our, our thinking and communication. And, um, but we figured it out. We worked together. We figured out a solution in the office. I think it's so great to have both of us working together because I can look at it from one perspective and, you know, Tom, Dan will look at it from another perspective. And that allows us to actually converge on, on a better solution at times. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And that's, I, you know, I, I was trying to think back to our conversation in Montana because um, you're exactly right. And this, I always, whichever it is, whether it's the right brain, left brain thing, or the Mars and Venus thing, whatever it's, you know, for most male, male surveyors, it's, this is a task. I got to get it done. I'm, I'm problem. I'm a problem solver. Whereas, uh, and, and like I said, the wonderful, uh, uh, PLSs that just happen to be women I've worked with in my career. Um, it's a little bit different in that it's a little more thought provoking and it's what if we look at it from this side, what if we look at it from that side? And it's not just, I need an answer on this boundary right now. I need an answer on this, how this, this, this topographic grid looks right now. Um, and that's, that's what I like is that balance. Absolutely. And, but that's why I like that balance as well is because, well, Tom, he's now retired and we have another president, um, my partner and he and I went to Flathead Valley Community College together and he's worked in our company for you know many years as well and so he's the same way um they're very you know they they would like an answer they want to make a decision and yet I can come in with a couple options and we can discuss them and that allows them to make that final decision I'm not the best at making those quick final decisions, but I am good at bringing ideas to the table and they can then take those ideas and put them into action. It works really well. It is. It's a, it's a great compliment uh, to have both. Yeah. Like I said, from both perspectives of yes, we need to get it done, but yes, we need to be thinking about different, uh, different viewpoints and different aspects of what we're trying to accomplish. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big proponent for it. So I guess that kind of brings me to the next next question for the really for the, for the profession is what can we be doing better as far as uh, promotion and advocacy because this is a different this is a different profession than when you and I first started in this and um, that it is much more inclusive now. There's there's so many more things that um, that a whole plethora of, of people can do in the profession. Um, how do we, how do we get over those challenges in your opinion to, to make sure that we get more women and more minorities into, into this opportunity? Yeah. With technology, surveying has just, to me, expanded. Um, you know, it, it was just not just boundary surveying, but you know, it was, it was, it felt more limited. And now you know, I've processed LIDAR for 15 years and been involved in LIDAR. And we have, you know, we've had a helicopter that, that flew LIDAR. And so the, the technology changes to allow us to get more people involved in surveying who have different um, strengths 
there's so many different options in surveying that they can go into, you know, they can work in mines, they can fly drones, they can do the, the field work, they can do the office work, they can get into the planning and design for subdivisions. There's just, they can do all of the research. It's, it's not like my company where we each do almost everything because we're small, you can get involved in a larger company where you can make, you know, do what you enjoy doing in the aspect of surveying. Exactly. And that's, and, and, you know, I, I can just, I can just tell that's part of your presentations when you do the tricks, when you do trig star, when you do your merit badge, when you do these, all of these other programs and get in front of these, these kids that, uh, you know, and I guess that's what really what I'm trying to, to the message that I would like to, for people, for listeners to take away from this is that there is so many opportunities and you're a shining example of what you're going in and explaining and really putting hands on what these opportunities are for future surveyors, geospatialists, whatever you want to call them. They're just, the sky is the limit. And, and just hearing some of the things you're doing, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and, and I guess it's it's one of those things where, you know, it'd be easy for the industry to think, well, she's in northwestern Montana. It's probably a little mom and pop survey. They go do a few, serve, you know, little boundary surveys here and there. No, you're talking about LIDAR and helicopters and doing all of, this technology is everywhere. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It's not it's not centrally located to just big urban cities. It's it's Kalispell, Montana. Yeah, yeah. And my you know, original boss who's now retired, Tom, he was at the forefront of all of that technology. When I first started with him, he was one of the first using the static GPS when a selective availability was still turned on. Oh wow. <laughs> and he was one of the first to purchase a LIDAR system for an airplane. I mean, we were, we're a small company in, in Kalispell and yet here we are flying LIDAR because we do major subdivisions and we were finding that the aerial photography just wasn't good enough in the trees. We were, you know, designing and then going out to stake roads and running into cliffs because the tree cover was so dense, we couldn't get it with, you know, photography. So we got into LIDAR <laughs> and uh, so that's just been a really fun thing to be a part of is seeing this technology change through the years. That is great. That is, that's, that's awesome. Because like I said, I think there's this perception that, yeah, the only, the technology is only only being used in big companies and in, in large urban areas. And that is not the case. I mean, this is, there's opportunities everywhere um, at a high level. And uh, you're a great example of that. Well, I would ask you what advice you would have for future surveyors, but I think really the question I need to ask is, what is your overall message when you go into a high school class and tell them, Hey, this is surveying. What, what's your elevator speech to them about what they could be as a surveyor? I come in with a lot of options and I tailor it to the conversation that comes out of the students that are, that are there. And it, it varies. I find that you know, I, I come in with my instruments. We do a simple math calculation with the instruments. And then I have a slideshow presentation that contains a lot of slides and I can tailor it to, if, if they're super interested in technology, I talk about drones, I talk about LIDAR, I, tra- I, um, I talk about maybe hydrology, mapping on rivers and, and waters. Um, if they're more interested in the history, 
Then I go and I talk to him about the PLSS system and I talk to him about the history of surveying and how the original surveyors came over after the instructions of Thomas Jefferson. And, and I, I show him the picture of Mount Rushmore and talk about the history of surveying. Or if they're more interested in like, well, my parents own property, how do those boundaries work? Then we go into to boundary surveying and I just, I keep it open and tailor it to what that particular class of students is interested in. Well, that's good because I think that's where a lot of our practitioners get hung up. And when we say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's really on the profession to go out and promote and get that next generation. And let's be honest, most surveyors are not public speakers. They just soon uh, just go do their job and be done with it. And especially not talk, talking to a bunch of, you know, bratty high schooler, you know, high school kids. Um, but it's, it's, and I think you've given a great example there of, yeah, you can go in with a canned presentation, but read your audience and see and figure out what, what, it, what the highlights are, what they are hitting upon and, and really be able to, to sell that. I, I, I like that a lot. That's really great. Yeah. And it, it may not sound like it, but I am extremely introverted. I am just like every other surveyor out there. I, I don't like to be out in public. I don't like to um, tell about myself, but I know that the profession needs it. And I will say, you know, I've taught at Flathead Valley Community College now for four years, teaching the subdivision laws and, and design class and speaking in front of kids or students for those four years has helped me be able to speak in public. Uh, before that, I don't know that I would have come on the show with you. <laughs> no, I, I, I doubt that. But you know what? I, I can appreciate that because, yes, you're right. If you just said 10, 15 years ago that, you know, we'd, we'd be doing these things and hosting podcasts and various things, I'd say, no, nope, no way. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to, to uh, expand, expand your boundaries, no pun intended, and, and figure out what you're, you're good at and, uh, and, and being able to, to be able to, to, to share that story. And that to me is the biggest thing is sharing, sharing great career stories like yourself and, uh, and being able to hear that. I think, I really think there's a lot of students out there that's, that, uh, that obviously can draw from that because um, you're given a lot of time uh, of yourself to all of this. And uh, it, it really, it shows in, how, in what your passion is. And I just, uh, I'm just, thrilled that I was able to, to, to meet up with you. I'd like I said, I'd heard from several sources that you gotta, you gotta check out this Jamie lady. She's, she's, she's a surveyor. I mean, she <laughs> is a surveyor now. And it's like that, you know, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I'm, uh, I'm like I said, I'm so glad we were able to, to connect. Um, the last question I always wrap up with, and uh, I won't, uh, won't be any different with you is how's the future of surveying look to you? I think surveying is going to continue to play an important role. The look of it, some of it will stay the same, but I think some of it is, is going to evolve and, and change. You know, I've been through many legislative sessions in Montana and laws change, but no, surveyors are still here. And the big changes in technology are bringing the ability for more people to come in and work um, in surveying, you know, with, with GPS, with GIS. Um, we thought construction machine control was going to hurt our construction surveying. Well, actually, it didn't. We're just as busy with construction surveying as, as we were back before it was there. Um, we need people 
for LIDAR to process that data. There, there's so much data that comes with LIDAR and, and some people are geared more toward that data analysis than they are, you know, and, and can come in and work with surveyors and in a surveying company and, and process that data. So there, there's so many um, areas of surveying that people can get into and find their interests. And, you know, land is valuable. Um, surveyors play an important part in maintaining that integrity of, of boundaries. And I don't see that, that changing. Exactly. Well, and I tell you what, I, I, I do want to step back just for a second, since you, I, I completely forgot, uh, you know, your role within the, 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 the Montana society and the important legislative role that you've, you've taken on for the last several years. And, um, you share that with us for just a couple of minutes that, you know, the fact that, that, you know, like you said, the laws change, uh, things change, but you know, we're still around, but, uh, share with us your experience as far as the, the, the legislative side and how important it is to be involved from an association, both state and national uh, perspective on how staying involved with the legislation is uh, very important. It is, it is very important. Um, I'm, this year I'm co-chair of the legislative committee for morals and we are monitoring, you know, about 30 bills right now going through the legislature. We're halfway through the legislative session. Montana meets every other year, so every odd year for 90 days. We just finished our 41st half, the first 45 days, and so we're on transmittal break this week, and then it, it starts up again. So all of the bills that have gone through one house are ready to go into the other, and of the 30 or so that we were watching, there's, there's still about 25 that are making it through the process, and it's so important to be involved in that because if there is something surveying related or planning related, we're able to work with the bill sponsors and request amendments if it's and educate the legislators because so many people, as you know, don't know really the role of surveyors. And so being able to educate that and, and make amendments to make these bills a positive solution is what we're currently doing. Exactly. Well, and having sat through some of the uh, the, the legislative uh, committee discussions there in Montana and hearing how much you've got your hands into all of that and and uh, it's it's uh, well on top of everything else you've got going on uh, business partner raising a family uh, teaching at at Flathead Valley and 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 now uh, and and uh, on top of all of the stuff with the, all of the other programs. Um, Jamie, thank you for taking time to even talk to me. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I would call myself a nerd for surveying. I just, I really, really love the profession. Well, it's it's quite obvious, and like I said, I I'd, I'd heard that, and uh, it was a it was it's been an honor to, to to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And um, you are uh, a role model for a lot of future surveyors out there, and I just want to. Want to make sure that people hear that and hear hear what's possible because just when we put our head heads down at night and say, well, there's just not enough time to do these things, I'm now going to think of you and saying, well, she's doing this and she's doing that and she's doing this and she's raising a family. So really, I've got no excuse. I need to just <laughs> buckle down and, and be able to do more. And uh, I think that's what uh, I think that you know, a little bit of a challenge out there to all of our listeners that. Uh, uh, it can be done. It really can be done and uh, with, with great success. So yeah. thank you for joining me. And uh, 
wish you wish you best in the the, the legislative uh, sessions coming up and everything else you've got going on. And besides that, snow is going to melt one of these days, and it's going, it's going to be back getting back to a lot more work, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, it'll be picking up here. Snow's slow slow to go this year, but it's going away. Well, very good. Well, that'll wrap us for this week on Surveyor Says. Thank you, Jamie, for, for joining joining me. We've got, uh, we're going to continue. We've got several great uh, ladies coming up in the, in the next uh, several weeks since, uh, since uh, March has five Wednesdays in it this time. We're going to have five, five week drops for, uh, for uh, five great stories. So uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in, subscribing, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.